This is Nick, and we are on episode 210. With me this evening, I've got Justin and Jesse. What's happening, boys? What's up? What's going on, dude? Feeling good. Feeling motivated. Feel the need. Oh, my God. Someone had to finish it. Please. Seriously. <laughs> Have the you guys need? never you really are are so not seen Top Gun? Oh. Ow! <laughs> Great balls of fire! I hate no, it that is, movie. We are uh, we are all about speed this episode. So if you don't do speed, reach over and don't do anything because it's going to be awesome anyway. And turn Sorry. it up. That's right. Turn it up. Heck yeah! No, uh, we're having fun. Dan is feeling a little bit under the weather, so we wish him our. Best wishes, get well soon, all of that wonderful stuff. Please be kind to your nurse, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> we do not need a lawsuit on our hands. But Justin. Yeah. What has uh what has filled your week during these most awesome oh, uh, days goodness. filled with just beautiful weather? Okay, so let's talk about this. I'm 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 ready to talk about the weather for a second. It it's probably going to be more more like a bitch, but winter is officially here, and I know you guys feel it. And I know even though Dan's not here, he's probably feeling it about ten times worse than us. Oh yeah, but, he was talking about like snow and stuff, wasn't he? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Dude, he had oh. blizzards and crap like that already. I mean, we we haven't had any snow that stuck. I saw a little bit of something last week, but here's the deal. You remember on the last episode, I was bitching and whining about the fact that I was going to have no opportunity to fly that weekend because of all the rain. Well, the rain outdid itself this time. Not only. Was it raining pretty much from the time that we recorded uh, until the end of Sunday night? It didn't stop on Sunday. It rained on Monday and it rained on Tuesday (laughs) and it rained on Wednesday and it even rained part of this morning. We're recording tonight on Thursday. So so it was raining Thursday morning. I have. I have tomorrow off. My Friday is my Friday off every other every other Friday. So I'm thinking two weeks until OHB Speed Cup. Got to get out and get some practice. Guess what my buddy Tim Burmeister posts on Facebook today? All of that rain has caused the drainage ditch (laughs) next to our field (laughs) to overflow. You don't have a field. And I don't have a field. It is now underwater. And he says the furthest you could probably get out into it is like maybe 40 feet if you <laughs> must. Oh. 
and Whoa. that's it. What the hell am I supposed to do with that? So I'm thinking, okay, hold on a second. Technically, I could probably like park up on the road and take off and land on the road and fly across it. Now, for those people who are listening to me thinking that I mean flying across traffic, not the case. My field is a big farm field, and I'm talking about the dirt road that's like a mile and a half into the farmland from like the major where cars drive. But, I, you know, I, I'm really struggling with this. And here's the worst part, right? It's supposed to be 0% chance of rain this entire weekend, dudes. <laughs> oh that's brutal zero percent chance of rain it's gonna be like in the 40s you're which... gonna have to like switch you're gonna have to switch from i don't know helis to, to boats. like boats in, <laughs> RC boats. In the or, or, or what about floats what about putting like uh you know doing like a speed flying with a float plane like touch and go approach i would Hey, yes. serious money to see. Well, wait a minute, though. No, hold on. Can't you just take the R5 and leave the, I, I use the term landing gear very loosely, but can't you uh, take the little tip over plate there and just leave it straight and do touch and goes off the bottom of the fuselage? Yeah, yeah, you could do it like a little uh, hydroplane on one of those, uh, you know, jet boat things <laughs> or whatever. You know what? There you go. I challenge you to build a hydrofoil for the bottom of it. Yeah. Yeah. See if you couldn't get it to like stay there on the, oh, that'd be awesome to see. But you know, the thought had crossed my mind, you know, what happened if, what happens if I wanted to practice autos on one of my 3d helis, it would be like a precision auto contest every freaking flight because no choice. I don't have any choice, but to land it in that, little five or eight foot section in front of me on the road because one side is the farmer's field of blueberries <laughs> and the other side is a drainage ditch that is overflowed into the field. Well, you're going to get real good real fast. Put so pressure on you. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm still not sure how I'm going to approach that. I may go down to 60 acres, but man, the last couple of times I've gone over there, it is just tons and tons of plankers even this time of the year oh yeah dude they will they'll probably they will start disappearing around mm, i'd say right around christmas time maybe after the new year's when it gets really cold and you know okay really cold's a relative term but it's it's dropped below freezing already here in seattle it's really cold already sorry yeah dude. No, it is. It is. But I mean, you know, yeah. January, February is when it gets into the teens or 20s, at least down here. And the plankers won't bother with that. Yeah. And you got to give it like a week or two after Christmas because I'm sure they all get new planes. And oh, stuff, yeah, and dude. Oh, man. Oh, I, the, the skies are going to be darkened with drones. Yeah. yeah it's going to be like revenge of the yes. phantom. Where is the sun? Between Christmas and New Year's, it's going to just be like swarms of them. And then after New Year's, you won't be able to walk from one side of the field to the other without stepping on their parts because yes. they will have all come out of the sky crashed. That is awesome. Nice. All right. So 
there's my soapbox on the weather. Uh, it's pissing me off, but winter is definitely in full effect. That's what I got the sim for. Uh, and I've been using that to great advantage. Uh, for those of you guys who uh, still fly next, you guys still fly next? Yep. Yep. Well, so you have it loaded on your computer. Do you actually fly it? Nope. All hey, right. wait till I get to my turn this week. Oh, crap. Oh, okay. All right. Well, okay, so Next just came out with a new update a day or two ago that includes the Gowie R5 and the NX7 and a couple of other things. And so, you know, I've been practicing speed all year on the sim, and I had to basically take the Banshee that they have in there and super tune it out, like super custom tuning to get it to even feel or fly like a speed model. And now that they've got the Gowie R5, I pulled that out on stock settings, made a couple adjustments here or there. The rates were a little bit faster than I think are justified for speed and uh, flew it around a little bit and it flies great. So now I feel like I've got a little speed model to fly that actually looks speedy. Not that mm-hmm. the Banshee doesn't, but it's nice to have a full fuselage Because we all know that's what defines a speed model is the name. That's right. <laughs> it needs to have speed in the name. It has to have speed in the name. It has to look like some form of aquatic life. That's Usually right. Usually a tuna <laughs> or a salmon or... Yeah. A flounder. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm not sure how well that would work, but... Uh, I don't know. It just sounded good. I don't even know what a flounder looks like. Throwing that out there. You don't? (laughs) I don't know. It's one of those flat fish, dude. Well, see, there you go. It's flat, just like on end. Yeah, (laughs) there you go. Yep. And and then, of course, I did bust out with some nitro. I mean, we had a good episode last weekend, and I feel like uh, that has kind of pushed me over the edge of knowing the nitro's coming before the Protoss Max. And so I I started to mess around in the sim with nitro crap. Why? I mean, it doesn't make a difference, right? I mean, it's just a a look and a sound. But still, I found it oddly satisfying to fly my sim 3D model with a smoke trail. Now I'm intrigued. (laughs) What? No, I I mean, I, I feel like I have to go try it now because I got that itch big time, too. Yeah, man. I mean, and you. So you gotta full disclosure. You gotta do some tuning on the nitro models in the sim. You really do, because uh, yeah, they're probably. Expected. I would say they're based on my memory a lot further off from nitro models that I've flown than any of the electrics. Oh, were. they come with the new YS two tens. Actually, surprisingly, no. The couple oh, really? that I flew came with like an OS fifty hyper. Oh, running rich. Running rich. The first time I picked one off the ground, all I did, I can't even remember what I did. I think I did like a front flip and the RPM dropped down to like 800. (laughs) I thought it was going to shut off on me. And it wasn't just because of bad collective management. No. Okay. No. Just checking. Just checking. Yeah. Damn, that's what I've been doing wrong all this time. (laughs) My 770 doesn't provide enough feedback when I I do a simple forward flip with 18 degrees of pitch in the corners. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What? Well, cool. That rounded out? 
that's uh, I think that's about it for me. It's been a boring week. No flying. Hopefully I can get some flying in somewhere tomorrow and over the weekend, but we will see. Other than that, it's it's pretty much just been making <laughs> sure all my ducks are in a row for, for OHB in a couple of weeks here. Nice. Sweet. What happens when two of the best names in the hobby join forces to produce something special? I'll tell you what happens. Pure awesome. Brought to you by Burt Kammerer in collaboration with Jetty Radio Systems. The new Jetty BK Edition transmitter is sure to be the last radio you'll ever need. With a bright blue aluminum body, beautiful carbon fiber faceplate, and packed with heli-specific features chosen by BK himself, you'll love the new Jetty BK Edition. So head over to www bkdesignsllc.com between November 25th and December 6th and pre-order your new Jetty BK Edition radio for the introductory price of just $899.99. That's $100 off the retail price and you'll get a free radio case with your order. So head over to www.bkdesignsllc.com between November 25th and December 6th and pre-order your new Jetty BK Edition radio for the introductory price of just $899.99. Yeah, first off, the, I mean, we pretty much had the same weather up here as Justin. In fact, to add one thing, so your, so your flying field got flooded out, Justin. Yep. I had to move my motorhome because I was worried about it getting flooded out. So I moved the motorhome last um, last Friday, I believe, because it was just pouring down rain, flood warnings everywhere yep. on the Nooksack. And on Saturday, it didn't end up flooding, but we just I kept it at this other another spot. And on Wednesday, so yesterday, it ended up completely washing over Main Street and right where the motorhome was being stored. In the oh, in the wow. in so, the, <laughs> the grain bunker, yeah, yep. And so I I don't think I mean I don't think it actually would have done anything. It wasn't really deep in that area, but nonetheless, I didn't have to worry about it because my motorhome wasn't there anymore. Um, but yeah, it must. I think it started raining up in the hills or up in up at Baker, and it just washed a whole bunch more water down. And water it's was bad up here. Well, yeah, water. I went to work on. Wednesday yesterday and it took me about 20 minutes extra to get to work so I went my normal way which is by where the motorhome is normally stored and water was just flowing across the road and I, and it was it was dark but I couldn't see to the other side um where you know the road on the other side of the water I just saw water flowing across the road so then I'd you know take another route oh crap water flowing there too so I had to do this big reroute to get to work on Wednesday so we have had some some flooding up here as well with all the rain and the weather changes. Yeah, I think I know where that water ended up. Where's that? In my basement. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, ah, it's just everything's so saturated right now. Water everywhere. So besides the weather being horrible, I did get a chance to fly the sim a couple days this week. Now, it had been quite some time since the simulator had been pulled out, so dusted it off, fired up the computer, and simmed for quite a, like, 45 minutes for two nights this week. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, just trying to get back into it. Um, you know, not really doing anything structured. 
uh, mostly just trying to get the feel back. Because I got to say, it was it was one an awesome experience to fly the sim again, and two a horrible eye opening experience. Oh yeah, dude, <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> fly the sim again, you're like. Oh, oh my God! Look at all the work I've have in front of me. I was playing around and having fun, and then I'm like, "Oh, oh, that was kind of sloppy." Oh, wait a minute, that looked like shit. I'm like, "Okay, stop. Let's see if we can hover side in." Yeah, and it's like, "Okay, take the music away for a sec." This is yeah. Don't turn the music off. I did the same exact. <laughs> turn the, the music part, off. The worst part is when you're like, "Okay, wow, that was really bad." All right, come over here and do a clean one. And then you go, uh, okay, none of them are clean. <laughs> yeah, okay. I used to be able to do that yeah. just fine, but. Uh, different maneuver, different maneuver. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pirouing, pirouing. Good, good. <laughs> nice and flat. Um, so, yeah, I busted out in a couple days this week. It did feel good, and I, I really, really want to try to get back into it. But one question that I had, I want to see what your guys' opinion are. How many hours a week? Hours slash days, I would say, a week, do you think suitable to maintain and then progress? Uh, because what I'm finding right now, and I'm sh- I know you guys are in the exact same boat, it's really difficult to carve out even 30 to 45 minutes of time um, every single day to sit down, focus, and fly the sim. And I'm thinking, okay, if I'm going to be realistic about it, I definitely would like to prog- progress back to... <laughs> back to where I was and mm-hmm. then obviously maintain but realistically what does that time commitment look like Ooh. do you think I'm I would have to say three days a week to maintain mm-hmm. and three days a week at at how long each day Nick oh half hour a half an hour because I see, don't do it's I don't that, do anything for more than no sim sessions for more over a half hour I, yeah, I can't you start I can't really messing around. <laughs> keep that, yeah, that deal. Well, but, see, I think the trick is that a half hour of sim time, if you're really focused, like truly focused and structured, yeah, yep, that's a lot of equivalent stick time at the field. It is, you know, because even if you're even if you're alone and you're putting in five or six or eight flights for a total of thirty or forty five minutes. There's yep. still a break in the action, and of course, there's the reality of if I do something stupid, I'm going to drive it in. So yep. 30 minutes of focus sim time, that's a big deal. Yeah, but I also feel like it's about a, man, I'm almost going to say about a 30 to 1 ratio for like, if I'm going to sit here and practice and practice and practice something on the sim. I feel like I have to do it almost like 30 minutes for every one minute of flying actually do it. Maybe not 30. Maybe like yeah, that might be a little 10 extreme. to 1, something like that, 15 to 1, around in there. Hmm. But, I mean, I can go out and progress a lot faster in real life. Well, and I we've, we've hit on this before, so not to rehash everything out but i think it makes the most sense to clean stuff up in real life and learn it on the sim yeah yeah and so that you know that progression to the clean finish maneuver is going to be much faster in real life yeah because you just i mean you can polish it and polish it and polish it on the sim but it's just going to feel a little bit different on the model now i mean yes that man that gap is definitely bridging 
with technology, fly barless mm-hmm. technology, sim technology, you know, um, it, it's getting closer, but that's my, that's my opinion. Three yeah. days, three days to maintain, five days to progress. Gotcha. Justin, you about the same? For me, I think maintain, now here's the deal, right? I'm maintaining less than you guys are in 3D. So I think I can maintain with one or two days a week. And I would say those one or two days are probably 30-minute sessions or so. And to progress, you know, I... I always seem to only do one or two days a week or every day a week. It There never seems to be an in-between. Mm-hmm. I'd say probably three or four days at 30 to 45 minutes a session. The thing is, it sounds like I probably sim for longer per session than you guys. Okay. I tend, I mean, 30 minutes is sort of a minimum because if after 30 minutes or after 15 or 20 minutes, I'm not feeling it all around, I'll just abandon it. If I've made it to 30 minutes, then I'm in the groove, and I can probably go for another 15 to 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Like, gotcha, last yeah. night, I put 45 minutes alone on the sim. Yeah, I, I've, that's fair. I mean, I've had sim sessions where it was like an hour long, and I was dialed. I, just, I don't think that's the norm, but you just kind of take those as, like, added bonuses. Bonus. For me, yeah, anyway. yeah right. Yeah. Yep. Yep, yep. Yeah, I was going to say... I really think you could do two to maintain uh, if you're you know, hitting that 30 minutes, two nights a week, just to maintain where you're at. And then, yeah, I would have to go with the four or five range as well to progress. So, yeah, hope, hopefully start start working that back in and hit the uh, progression stage, which just sounds sad. Progress back to where I was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, yeah, we'll see. Other than that, I really, really need to put some more effort into getting that freaking warp sold. So uh, get yeah. some. You said that. Some, <laughs> I did. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's because it's because I said that, and then I still never bumped it or did anything. So I'm just gonna let the the posting go and redo it. There you go. Yeah. So that's oh. that's about it. Not uh, a not an overly exciting week. As a podcast, we love to be involved with companies that love to give back to the heli community just as much as we do. Ken from Lower Heli does an outstanding job at keeping us flying at all the Northwest Heli fun flies. He offers a great selection of a line, goblin, and even those that, you know, shall not be named. With so much to offer, he can keep you flying as well. Combine this with fast shipping, excellent service. It really is a full package deal. Be sure to check them out at lowerheli.com for all of your helicopter needs. Yeah, I don't think mine's much better. Um, Like I mentioned last week, the motor showed up for the DT520. So that thing is patiently waiting weather. Like I mentioned Mm -hmm. before, V-Control is off awaiting to hear the damage but there is a little bit of a light at the end of the tunnel um i had a really awesome friend of mine i won't name his name but uh is sending me uh, a spare v control 
So Oh. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. It's nice. There there are perks for those of you out there um for being on teams. Team members are really cool about taking care of other team members. Um at least I think of the the majority of the teams out there are. And that's kind of a perk that you don't really think about much, but um boy when someone can offer something to a here, take team. my spare V control. But it's like uh, you know, uh, normally yes, uh, please? yes, p- please. As of because you know, there's still the potential that mine might have to go to Germany, and you haven't uh, gotten any more feedback on that. Like you, it's just radio silence. Oh, well, no pun intended. It's, it's been radio silence because, like last week when I said it was in route, it was actually like just en route so it's not ah, really their okay fault. so they, I, they haven't had it for very long to begin uh, okay no i need to come up with a better it was just one of those you know it's hard it's not flying season i was just constantly forgetting and then about the time that i would remember oh crap that's right i don't have a scale to weigh the package so i need to like i think that's part of my new uh when we do one of these rooms down here from our remodel with a little office kind of and everything in it. I'm going to have everything that I need in one room. I'm going to buy an extra scale just to have right there so that I can have like my little shipping center because I have to take my stuff out to the trailer and use my scale that I keep out there for like weighing packs and helis. Right. And I can never manage to get, you know, or... Then I go to sit down, I got the weight, and it's like, oh, my God, I forgot to measure. Really? Now I got to go find a tape measure, and that distracts me easily because <laughs> it's a long run from outside to inside. It's not Justin, it's not like you, you know. You got all your stuff, like, right there in the garage. Yeah, yeah, so I, yeah I just walk out of the kitchen. Nah, yeah, no, yeah, no, not me. I'm out two doors and out across the yard and into the trailer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's on. I dare say if that was my situation, it would take a lot more effort to get me out to work on shit. So, and you know, and I'll be honest, that's how it's kind of been. Um, I have to think about it a lot more now because it's so freaking cold. I actually have to think like, okay, I'm going to go out there in 20 minutes and work. So I go, I have to run out there, turn the heater on, come back in because it's flipping cold now. Good part is, I mean, it heats up nice, but that big trailer does not heat up as fast as that little trailer did. I mean, it takes about twice as long to heat it up. So there's a little more forethought that has to uh, has to go into it. But yes, I have decided on another kind of little um, some some changes that I'm going to make. You know, I had a Scorpion 130 in one 700 and a Castle 120 in the other 700. And then I had the HV, let's see, the Castle HV 80 in the 570. Yep. And with all of the killer luck that I've had so far, um, we just got a whole bunch of hobby wings coming. Oh, really? Yeah, nice. the one I was like, I gotta know about this one sixty. Gotta know about it. And then you oh, know, I need. Do you have a one sixty coming? Yeah. Some it's like, bitch. There's been so many questions lately about that, 
And, you know, with the DT, it was like, well, there's, I mean, geez, it just makes sense to put a hobby wing on that. Then we got to talking about, okay, well, let's do this, uh, you know, doing the, the 500, right? The 500 Sport, my little 500 Sport Speed that I'm going to build. Yep. I was trying to think about components and motors for that. And it's like, you know what? I mean, I don't know what we pull. I don't know what I pulled on the 500 on the hobby wing that was in the 500, but it had to be a fair amount of amps. That thing, that thing took it like a champ. Yeah, I would bet it was a lot. With, but with no fan, too. So I just thought, you know what? Screw it. Let's do, I'm going to do the little, the 500 Sport. I'm going to do it 12S. We're going to go crazy with it because it's, it's going to be a full-on, like, Nick's yes. version of a speed heli. So it's going to be 12S. So then it was just kind of a no-brainer for me. Well, geez, I'm, I'll put the, uh, you know, I'm going to put the, the 100 HV in there. They're cheap. I mean, 130 bucks. Yeah. So it's like, you know, and for the, I had that extra high-voltage one laying around that I was going to put in the DT. It's like, well, wait a minute. You know, 79 bucks, we'll get the LV. And, and and put that in there instead, put the HV in the 500, so it just, it kind of all made a lot of sense. Sweet, dude. Nice. When's yeah. the 500 Sport coming together? Uh, I don't know. It'll probably be after Christmas, truthfully. I'm not in a huge hurry. I want to get, like I said, I want to get the 160 and the 700. It's getting around battery time. And, oh, you are ooh, telling me. That's a bad time. So, Okay, so here's the deal. It's getting around battery time. I mean, not not bad, but close. You know, I still only have one set for the 570, and I have one good pack. I have a couple weaker trainer packs for the 500, but one good pack. And then I'm running on two, well, dude, I, you know what's funny? Remember the original OptiPower 5050Cs that I got? Yeah. I don't even, like, a year ago, maybe? I don't know. I mean, Jesse, when did, do you remember? I have no clue. They were, like, the first set that we year. tried. Yeah, oh, yeah, because it was before your OptiPower review, Justin. Was it? Oh, yeah. Well, my OptiPower review was early last year, so it's been over a year then. Yeah. Well, anyway, that set is still kicking. It just won't die. And so I got to thinking about you it. You give it I to thought, me, I'll kill it. Yeah, I know. You're a freaking <laughs> battery killer. But then, you know, and, and then there was some discussion. I've had some people emailing me. For some odd reason, the 570 has been another big, huge topic. Once again, because I think people are starting to think about what do they want going into next year. A lot of guys are ready to bump up, move up from the 450s and the 500s. And so here's what I'm thinking. I am going to, you know, people are going to go, what? But I am actually going to switch. My 570 has that original 8-pole HK4025-550. Yep. That Michael sent me. That's an old ass motor. It's still it's still ticking. It won't die, but that that heli really needs a new motor in it. So I am actually gonna go 
to, I say back, but it never was, I'm going to go to 6S on my 570. Now, why? I think that's reasonable. Why would you do that? Well, because I actually want to be able to say I've done it on both. Not a lot of people can say that. They always give their opinions. Oh, well, yeah, you got to go 12S because, uh, you know, that 570 is going to be hard on hard on packs because my T-Rex 550 was. Hey, guess what? Completely different helicopter. Totally different weight. Just all different ball game. So that's why I'm going to do it. And I think with my flying style, I think it'll be really interesting to see. So what that's going to mean is I'm going to be able to use all of these half dead, 60% dead, yep, 5,000 packs that I have. I'm going to use all of those in the 570. So that'll give me a whole bunch of them for lunchtime flying. Perfect. I'll order up like Yeah, a, dude, and even if they're not like full performance, I mean, drop the head speed a little bit and be graceful about it. Well, that's what it. I mean. I use that thing so much for the, and we'll I'll talk about this in a minute, the pilot proficiency program training. That's the heli that I use for it is the 570 because it fits in the car. And so now I've kind of like got all these packs that will be perfect for it. So uh, I am going to do, <laughs> we're going to go for it. I'm going to put the 100 amp low voltage hobby wing on the 570. I'm, I will put a fan Ooh. on it, use it if needed. And I'm going to use the internal BEC. And we are going to find out what that little speed controller can take. Oh, I like this. <laughs> because There's commitment right there. That is commitment. Because you know what? I want to know. Now the I downfall- do too, Nick. Thank yeah. you for... You know what, Jesse? Do you want to know? I definitely want to know. I'm in. Because, I mean, it's like... We fully right, you support guys know you in my- this venture, Nick. What's that? I said we fully support you <laughs> in this venture with we your own it. hardware. Well, what Nick's known for when it comes to speed controllers, so exactly. <laughs> and I <laughs> right, but I feel like okay. So I feel like my I'm not crazy hard on my equipment, right? There's a lot of people out there that can fly a lot harder, but I'll, there's also a lot of people out there that don't fly near as hard. And I feel like I I really just want to know because I understand that in, you know, Arizona weather for someone that flies hard 3D, that's probably a very disastrous combo. Potentially, maybe. But I also feel like that combo, I mean, it's a $79 speed controller. You know what I mean? It's so small and light. Now, if you can put... A 5,000, you know, if your average Joe can put a 5,000, 30, or 45C pack in there, that is going to be a seriously lightweight heli. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah, it is. And so, you know, now we're talking to where that 2350 that makes it a rocket ship or whatever is all of a sudden, wow, I can drop that down to 2250 and be perfectly fine on it. Well, there goes my amp draw. Now maybe the speed control would be fine. So I just, 
that's going to be my experimenting this year. That one will get, I'll probably do like a 40, 25, 1100 in it. Yeah. 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 yeah 40, 25, 1100 in that one. I'm going to order another 40, 25, uh, five. No, I think I decided on the six. Oh, I can't remember now. 40, 25, six. Was it a 650, Justin? 670. 670. That's it. 670. 12S for the Goblin 500, which could just tear that apart, which I'm actually equally as excited to do. Um, Yeah, 160 going in the 700, and what I'm going to try, I'm determined. All right, here's the deal, guys. I've talked about it in the past. I got away from it. It works just great. I'm trying to play the whole ball field for here. I love... The low head speed, high pitch. Yep. That's just, there's a smoothness to it that is nitro-esque for me. And our discussion about nitro really got, you know, Jesse was saying there's just something about the way that it flies. And then you got to talking about, well, it's, you know, part of it could be like the weight at the end of a flight. It's just flat out way lighter than electric, period. Oh, yeah, yeah. End of story. And as it gets lighter in the flight, is it almost like you start your flight and as you go through the flight, your confidence builds mm-hmm. and it's dropping weight? That's why you feel like that last minute you're just like a freaking heli rock star. You're like a god. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're like, <laughs> yeah, and you're throwing it. And then that combined with the smoke, I believe that's like the magic recipe. So what I'm kind of thinking is like, all right, dude. You got to get back to you got to you got to figure this out. So I am going to drop back to uh, down to a set of I'm going to try the OptiPower 4300s instead of the 5000s. That's going to drop me about half a pound, I do believe. Get my weight down there a little bit. Might even switch over to the carbon setup, which is a, which is about a hundred grams lighter. Get the weight down. And I have, uh, I have crept up with my head speed because the the 700 competition in stock form, it really, really dials in at 2100. I mean, it just, woo, yes, that's where it really loves to be. But I haven't mm-hmm. gone, I, I actually haven't gone down and found the low head speed sweet range. What I do know is that it's more difficult to tune from about 19 to 2050 that it, I mean, a lot of people might not. Yeah. And a lot of people might not even notice it. I know there's going to be like a lot of guys going, well, I fly mine at 2000. I don't know. That's fine. I'm talking about more in like harder stuff. Uh, just the way, you know, bunny hops and then TikToks and like pyro TikToks. And it's just got a little bit of a, little bit of a cha-cha at the end of the stops. Right. That really goes away uh, at 21. And I haven't gone down below that. So what I'm going to try and do is start finding the bottom end of that range and seeing if I can creep that bottom end of the range up by reducing weight on the helicopter. And if all goes as planned, I would really like to get back into that 11 and a half pound range right around in there 
and maybe at about 1950, but then way up on the pitch. Because, you know, I'm running 2100 and about 13 to 13 and a half now. I would like to be down at about 1950, maybe 2000, and get back up into the 14 degrees. There's just, with a good gov, there's something about that power delivery like that that's smooth. But it's definitely a little more of a challenge to tune at. So I might have to dink around with some shimming. Justin, I know you went through um, quite the old, quite the event with, uh, you know, the gobble-wobble we joked about with the 770. Yes, so I did. I will probably be uh, trying to tap your your past experience with that and combine it with, you know, the options and, and what's out there right now for heads and shimming and damping. I mean... Yeah, it's a combination of it's a combination of breaking in the head and the blades that you use. Yeah, and that's you know that's a big part of it too. I I have absolutely beaten the tar out of my goblins, and I just I absolutely I love the way that they hold together, the longevity, all that stuff. SCB produces some incredible helicopters. The blades are not my personal favorite. I'm not saying that they're bad. But they're not my personal favorite. So, and maybe that's what it up against. I just have to find, you know, what works for that particular blade. Right. I'm willing to be open with that. But important thing, I'm a pretty persistent bastard. And I usually mm-hmm. get it to fly the way that I want it. So that's kind of my, that's the tinkering side coming back out in me. So I think that's the goal. I can't, I finally... Came up with my plan, and it feels good to come up with my plan. Awesome, man. Yeah, you've got that's at least the next month or two outlined for you. That should take you right up to like uh, February. It'll just be tinkering, you know, taking one model at a time. Um, Obviously, the 570 is going to be 570 is going to be a little bit lighter. Probably, I don't know, 90, 100 grams around in there lighter. Not a ton. But so I'll, I'm going to go back and just like try and drop the weights on everything and then um, retune from scratch. Like everything's just going to get retuned from scratch. Try and work through it. Yep. So that was my week. You going to get flying in this weekend? <laughs> Dude, I hope so. Uh, I don't I don't think the other V control is going to be here yet. Um, I Like I said, the DT520 is patiently waiting so we will see i'm hoping for it i am hoping but it's dude it's flipping cold man i mean i'm starting to hit that point where it's like the the giner in me is really starting to come out mid 40s yeah okay so then you'll be happy to know and you probably have already heard of this before but i found this really cool and novel idea at my local Home Depot, they have, I think the brand is Makita and they have a Mm -hmm. battery powered heated hoodie jacket. Oh, wow. Nice. Now it's like 150 bucks and I think I can probably find something cheaper online or make my own, but it gave me the idea like how badass would that be, dude? If you, you know could just you roll to up to the field and your hoodie is heated, we've already talked about sticking the heating pads in our pants. 
I guess if you wanted to, you could make heated pants. That's that's it. I mean, what else do you need? Well, I my excuse list is way low. I mean, my the validity to it is very low because yeah, I the do, list is long. The list is long, <laughs> but <laughs> but the actual fair reason is pretty low because I also have that when Dan and I swapped trailers, uh, I le- I left a small Mister Buddy heater. In that trailer, and then he has the big one. So all I need to do is plumb that in, and that sucker will heat up that trailer in a heartbeat. So even when I go out to the field, I could do exactly the same setup, Jesse, like what I did at Sagebrush. Leave mm-hmm. one of the flip-up doors down, yep. and I could open up the other one and then just use the walk-in door to walk in and out of it, and it would stay... I mean, with that heater down below the counter level, you could sit down and you'd be perfectly toasted. So I, I got, I got nothing. I mean, yeah, I forgot. You yep. do have a pretty sweet setup. Well, let's do yeah. some news. Can we do some news? I think we should. Just when you thought that the guys at Soco Heli Tools had pushed setup methodology to the absolute state of the art, they come out with yet another innovation. In combination with their Soko Helical, which fits all sizes and all brands of helis, they've recently announced the Soko Heli Tools mobile app. This app greatly simplifies your setup by completely eliminating the need for a level working surface or main shaft. Available in stores soon for Android and Apple devices, this new mobile software will do everything that your original Soko kit did but with the added benefit of all measurements, calculations, and directions in one easy-to-use app. When you're ready to kick it up a notch with your heli setup, visit the SoCo team at www.soco-heli-tools.com and check it out. SoCo Heli Tools, next generation setup. This week's news is brought to you by Superiority.com, probably the most awesome webman that we know. Dude Man Dude. Larry. DudeManLarry.com, and yes, that URL does work. Yep. So cool. Takes you straight uh, to the site. I still can't read it without giggling. But anyway, okay. <laughs> so, uh, first one that's up, Jesse, tell us about this. Yes, I'm hoping that you guys saw this over the last week, but it looks like Smack Talk is coming back. Oh, but and they're back, back again. There's a, there's a catch. Back. What? Back so we we've kind of all known Smack Talk to be heli tips, tricks, episodes. Yes, but they're throwing a huge wrench in it this time. Planes. They're. They're bringing a little. They, they. I think they're kind of calling it a mini series, all about. Do I dare say the D word? Drones. Oh. oh. <laughs> yeah. How smack talk drones? I did not see this coming at all. I mean, I think I, I predicted at one point them coming back, but coming back with a mini series on drones, like 
Dude, I think it makes perfect like sense. Dro- it, what kind of drone stuff? Like FPV well, racing? Yeah, F- I think they're mostly focusing on FPV racing. And uh, they, they had a really good point in their video. You know, they're, they're, they're pointing out that where can someone go that's just getting into the FPV racing scene to get all the information, all the pertinent information that they need, you know, to get their, I guess, get their machine in the air. And they're right. Currently, that's digging through a hole whole lot of forum posts and a whole lot of reading dude yeah let's rewind the last episode that's exactly what i was saying i'm like i need some like bind and fly like yeah. i need someone to basically <laughs> well, you, walk up and hand me all of this on one platter yeah even if it's not bind and fly though would it i mean it sounds like with something like this it's going to take a whole lot less time to gather the information you need yeah and just make it a lot quicker a lot more streamlined so I see where they're coming from. I'm. It, sh- it should be good. Anything from those two guys. That's true. That yeah, God, dude. I never thought that I would have to go watch something on FPV racing. Yeah, but I feel like if anyone's gonna get me to watch it, it's gonna be Bert and Bobby. Mm-hmm. And the bug. It. See, you guys started up last week. Well, what if we could sit in your trailer while started we started up this? the bug? <laughs> Oh my god, dude. We don't even have serious? to leave the trailer. Yeah, dude. Absolutely. What if we could sit in you the just trailer? Sit in the trailer. We so could we just go we just go out there and set them outside and then go back in the trailer where it's warm. Yeah. And then do yeah, FPV set up racing. Your little ground stations outside so you're not getting any issues with the trailer. Yeah. Good to go. Oh jeez. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what. If you guys are serious about that, I will put together a busted ass little FPV racer just to give it a try. So I don't want like busted ass because Well, I don't mean busted ass, but I also am not gonna go and spend like, you know, six or eight hundred dollars on, you know, awesome speed controllers and motors. No, and, no, I mean, no, no. I don't no, care. Let's just that. get a feel for it to begin it's like with here, right? Hobby King to the rescue. Yeah. <laughs> You know what I'm more worried about? Like, and I guess this is what I'm like. For me, I'm not so quite concerned with speed or like, I feel like this one really digs in through the corners better, Bob. What do you think? I'm not worried about that. For me, it would be more image quality on the video. Because, like, if it's a crappy video, good camera. (laughs) I have no, I got really high standards when it comes to that. So. You better wow me with the video experience. And I think, and you know what? Maybe that's why I haven't gotten into it yet because I've never sat down with a setup. And I'm not saying they're not out there. I've just, the last time that we were messing around with all of it, it's like, nah, nah. You know, it's just, it's all right. But. Maybe if there is, who knows? I'll probably get bombed with emails. Be like, dude, you need to get this. But it's like, I feel like I need to experience it and then go, oh, my God. Wow. Okay. Now it's cool. Well, I think it's out there. It's just how much do you want to spend? Yeah, and that's... Because I think the the goggles, the video technology, I think that stuff is out there. It is. But, yeah, they've got it but, pretty well nailed down now from what I can tell yeah, how to talk to people. Exactly, but what do you want to spend investment-wise into a 250 FPV racer? 
Well, uh, okay. So does this Smack Talk video talk about that stuff? Like the video stuff? Oh, I'm sure they'll cover it. Hmm. But I don't know. I mean, yeah, we don't know the specific list of, of topics, but it seemed like they were going to do a pretty all-inclusive okay. um, little series. So All right. Well, then I will put this out there. Uh, I need I need emails. I need emails with like they don't have to be bind and fly. I was I was a little exaggerating there, but like Jesse said, I want a kit with everything I need in it. Right? I'm not worried about radio. I got plenty of those. But give me a link to a kit that's like got everything that I need, and then I want like. Goggles. I don't want to have to make crazy weird little filters and do this. Yeah, and that. like just a ready to go out of the package goggle set. Yes, but it's got to be like good, good image quality. And and uh, you get additional points if you get ones that work well with people that wear glasses, because that's been my challenge in the past. And you get really big points if you send me one for free. <laughs> <laughs> just wait just saying just saying no i'm kidding well and and so here's the deal though dude this is this is a perfect entry into the next news item which i kind of tossed on you guys on the fly okay give it to me now i don't know how new this news is but it felt uh it felt new to me I think a line a while back announced that they were working on an FPV racer. Have you guys heard of the MR25? Yeah, yeah, I remember. Well, so I just saw on Facebook uh, an Alan Zabo video that was done for a line, sort of like a, a line teaser trailer, whatever it is, of him and a couple of other people doing FPV racing around the Align compound, I think in Taiwan, at night. And they have their own little LED lights on there. They have they come with the camera integrated. It This is pretty much in perfect Align fashion, Nick. It's like a pull it out of the box, bind it, go fly. What are we binding it to? Whatever you want? I think that that's the case. Yeah, I think you supply your receiver. Okay. Hmm. What do you think? think Would you go back to a line for an all-in-one video multi-rotor? No way in hell. No? I would. (laughs) No. I would. I'm talking about Hobby King over here, so. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Jesse's bringing his... His standards down a little bit here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're racing. And let's face it. I mean, quads. that's where Align's really been focusing most of their efforts. So I got a feeling it's probably a pretty badass little kit. You know, you're. Uh, yes, it, it probably is, and that I, I should be fair about. I, I don't doubt that it's probably not a great kit. I mean, you know, they're all of their stuff that they have put out the last couple of years has been good stuff. I'm not saying that there isn't stuff out there that's better or you can't build you know better for cheaper, but it's good stuff. Yeah, I mean and it comes this is all inclusive. It comes with the flight controller and everything. It's even got apps on uh, iPhone and Android, dude, that I think you can use at least to program it. I don't 
I'm not sure if you can fly it with the phones or iPads or whatever, but mm. it's pretty freaking cool. Well, we'll have to see. I don't like where this is headed, but yeah, <laughs> you got to throw something else in there with the 570 and the 500 Sport, and I know, you know, if it's not going to be a nitro, you might as well go completely to the dark side and get That's a multi rotor. I know, I know a lot of people have been in, you know, enjoying this, adding into their, into their excitement. And hey, you know what? It, it, it's about, it's not just about helicopters. It's about RC hobby in general and keeping the hobby alive and having fun. And if you can go out and you can have fun doing this, then that's great. I see some guys, you know, completely going all in with this. That'll never be me. I have no desire to do that. There's still just, there's no, I don't see there being any adrenaline in this. I see it being more as like laughing around, having a good time. True. Yep. Cool. So we got one more news item up and Justin, this is all you. Oh yeah. All right, guys. So Bert Camerer had tossed out a couple of teaser pics here in the last week or two on Facebook. And he has now unveiled what his next project is that he's been working on. And that is a partnership between BK Designs and Jetty. So Bert's been working with the Jetty guys for the last few months to create a BK edition transmitter. And this is basically the the standard Jetty DS14. It's the one that I've got, except he uh, had some BK custom features added. So it comes with a carbon fiber faceplate compared mm-hmm. to the regular aluminum one. And the typically black anodized aluminum case, the, the, the shell of the transmitter, is now colored blue in sort of the, the standard BK designs blue. And then he's got a really nice graphic on top of the the carbon fiber plate that's kind of, you know, stylized in BK design type stuff with the logo and, you know, Jetty on there. It looks freaking sweet. And then on top of that, what he's basically done is worked with them to come up with a couple of additional features that you wouldn't get on a stock ds14 basic and that is uh, some additional flight modes some additional apps that are heli specific uh, that if you were to get the ds14 basic you'd have to pay a couple of bucks extra uh, to get the software upgrade you know we've talked about they have a, a software upgrade program where you can pretty much customize the apps on your radio and so he's gone ahead and basically included all of the apps that he believes are the bare minimum for heli and you know it's it's debatable you may find stuff in there that you will use and some that you won't and uh the cool thing is that it's still fully capable i mean this is a honest to goodness jetty radio with all of the telemetry capability all of that good stuff so what's the deal behind how do we get one of these right Starting on Wednesday, November 25th, which should be basically two days after this show goes live, you can pre-order this radio, and it goes on until 
December 6th, which is the last day of OHB. That's Sunday, December 6th. Uh, the, the retail price is going to be $999.99. Uh, the pre-order gives you $100 off that. So you pay 100 bucks to pre-order. And then once they come in, they'll start shipping on December 14th. And you'll get invoice for the remaining $799 so that you get the introductory pre-order price of $899. And it also comes with a free Jetty radio case. Nice. Oh, yeah. Dude, this is badass in every way. I'm super psyched to see what else this brings to the table and you know uh maybe with with Bert's name against the the Jetty brand it will entice people who otherwise would not have been interested in giving it a try into you know checking it out and realizing what it's all about I think that's I think that's fair I love the carbon fiber yeah, it looks. Oh, sick. dude, the carbon fiber faceplate looks badass, and I like that he did the blue color on the yeah on blue anodized. That is so sweet looking. You know what? Yep. I'm really curious about, and I don't know the answer to this. Like, I I have no idea. Do you think that there's the potential for Jetty Spartan integration? That is a really good question. At this point, I'm not sure I would put anything past him. I mean, he's serious. I've talked to him about this personally, about the Jetty thing. He's serious about the Jetty thing. He loves the radio. He's got a DS-14 himself. He's been flying it most of the season. Uh, He's really enjoying himself. So I think, you know, it, it probably all depends on the response. But, hey. I'm I'm sure people are listening out there. If that's something that people are interested in, then speak up. Yeah. Mm. I I mean, I'm I have no doubt that he would be all about it, but I remember Angelos had posted something a while ago about he was maybe working on a radio or I don't know if it was Android based something. Yeah, I, I'm I not sure. That's it's I do seem to remember something like that too, but who knows? Cool. Mm-hmm. So is that it for news? I think that is it. Awesome. So. This week's news has been brought to you by Superiority.com for all your website enhancement needs. The time has come, everyone. Break out your wallets, your credit cards, turn in your pop cans, ask the wife for your allowance, steal your kid's piggy bank, mow a couple lawns, and do whatever it is you've got to do to get to BK Designs for Black Friday. Why? Because the entire BK Designs website is 20% off. Not old stock, not all the stuff that no one wants, the entire website. So head on over to www.bkdesignsllc.com to treat yourself for the store-wide sale. Alrighty, Justin. This is this is your realm. This one has been uh, not a ton of time coming, but I know that you put a lot of time and effort into the R5. 
And I know that there are a lot of people that have been anticipating this review, wanting to find out what's the deal. I think it worked out really good with the time of year. We're coming up on Black Friday, coming up on maybe some Christmas presents and some winter builds. So if someone was thinking about getting into speed, the question is, is the R5 the one to do it? Yes. Was that a good enough answer? Yeah, that's a, I mean, that's a great answer. Did, was that a good start? I feel like that's a start, but I'd like to hear the rest. Yeah. Oh, okay, <laughs> that's okay. It. You want to actually get into some details. Yeah, I so, okay. Like Let's talk the Gowie R5. Yeah, this one has been, actually, it has been a, a fairly long time coming. If you guys recall, this started back in the July time frame. Gowie released the R5 officially just after Urcha, uh, August 13th, and towards the end of July, they had announced it and were taking pre-orders. You know, first and foremost, I got to thank, like always when we do these reviews, I got to thank the people that made this possible. Uh, Gowie, of course, themselves, and then their director of marketing, and someone who I, I actually consider a really good friend now after all this interaction, Howard Tan. Uh, he is the man behind all of this and, and was able to uh, to give us the opportunity to get a hold of one of these. And actually, not just one, but as we know, two. So I got one, and then we got a second one for the podcast to sponsor our Speed Cup event yep. at the RCHN Funfly. So that was really exciting. Uh, I ended up getting, I think, one of the first four or five in the country uh, before they got released. And so I had a first edition kit. And as we walk through here, I'll talk about some updates and changes that they've made since then. Nothing, nothing major. But yeah, this is this has been a really exciting review for me. I mean, we've talked a lot this year about the fact that speed flying in general seems to be something that continues to grow, you know, despite the fact that there are perceptions out there that maybe other sectors of the heli hobby are either plateauing or even slowing down or shrinking a little bit. Uh, I, I am very confident in saying there is absolutely no shrinkage occurring in the speed area. This well, has been a big good. year for speed. We don't like shrinkage. No, we absolutely no. don't. And when it's cold like this, man, I'll tell you what, it's possible. <laughs> okay, so let's get right into it. What is the Gowie R5? The Gowie R5 is a 550 to 600 class, and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why I think that. Uh, it's, it's released as a 550 class heli. Uh, it ships with... Uh, 580 millimeter blades and so the target is sort of that 550 to 600 range uh, it turns out that it's quite a bit more flexible than just that blade size and I, I will get into more details on that in a little bit uh, but Gowie really tried to do something different here that I, I you know when you first think about it you think First of all, why the hell did Gowie come out with a speed heli? They've never done anything like that before. I mean, they're mostly all electric. They they have sort of dabbled in nitro. Uh, but why a speed heli? And then on top of that, why a small speed heli? And 
I think it makes a lot of sense. We saw the SAB guys bring out the Goblin Speed in a 700 size a couple of years back. And of course, we did a review on that. Uh, And what did we always talk about? The Goblin 700 uh, played the role as the first real gateway speed heli, right? Mm -hmm. So nowadays, even with the popularity of speed, uh, you end up seeing that if people are ever going to get into it seriously and competitively, they're destined for one of these super high price, limited production run engineering marvels. That is a fuselage heli, you know, a TDR or a TDS or a Diablo Speed or a Banshee. The 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 uh, Goblin and now the Gowie R5 serve the role of being a gateway to that sort of a thing. In other words, before you go and sink your life savings or your your kid's college fund into a single speed heli, you can kind of ease into it with something that's more in line with a typical 3D, you know, larger six or 700 class 3D heli Mm -hmm. and get a feel for whether that's something that you want to do. Where the R5, I think, excels uh, above previous gateway speed helis whether it's a pod and boom or the goblin speed is that this is actually a purpose-built speed model can you 3d it yeah if you want i've seen mitch and jc do a couple of you know big air things in 3d but really it is a fully fuselaged model um with landing gear retracts it is narrow as hell so let's let's get into the specs a little bit here. It's it's a little under four feet long. We can spin between five eighty and six hundred and eleven millimeter main blades, up to uh, eighty or eighty five millimeter tails. Uh, the the weight on this thing, depending on your setup, is going to range from somewhere between nine and nine and a half pounds, fully loaded, ready to fly. So that's all up weight which is actually kind of surprising that that sounds a bit chunky doesn't it yes it does we're talking about a 550 to 600 weighs nine and a half pounds yes that's like an empty nitro 700 right that's yep i mean that's heavy because i mean what's uh what am i 570 weights Oh, dude, it was like what seven 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 and a half seven and a half or 7.7 or something like that right right Okay, so yeah, it's a little big, but you got to think you got a lot of fiberglass and carbon fiber in that fuselage. And when we talk about the drivetrain, you'll understand that there's more than just a little bit of metal and plastic hanging out there. Uh, It sports a two-stage transmission uh, that uses a belt drive between the motor and the secondary shaft gear. And then, of course, that secondary shaft gear spins a pinion up top that drives the main gear and the tail, the tail belt pulley. Uh, there are two pinions available for it right now. It ships with a 21 tooth, and uh, you can get a 22 tooth. So that gives you, on the stock, gear ratio is 7.82 to 1. You go to 22 tooth, which is what I ended up running, and you get down to 7.47. And then the tail ratio is a respectable 4.67 to 1, which uh, I think you'll find is more than adequate to keep things pointed in the right direction, especially with speed. Because mm-hmm. uh, as you know, you want to keep gains down there so that you're not really diverting a lot of the main rotor power to the tail. 
Um, just a brief note on unboxing. Uh, you'll be able to read all of the, the details and see the pictures in my written review when we get it posted up here. But uh, the, the box is very professionally put together. Uh, the fuselage is well protected within the box. It's the first thing you see when you open it. Uh, do your best to try to avoid molesting it hmm. uh, because uh, you want to keep it nice and shiny and slick. You know, we don't want any stuff stuck to the outside of it because it needs to go fast. Um, it comes with its own set of main and tail blades. So you get the Halo 580s and the Halo 80 millimeter tails. And then, of course, you've got all the various parts bags that are stored in a different compartment. Now, one notable thing about this build that it since I've mentioned this uh, to other people, a lot of people were like, well, dude, that's just a Gowie thing. Well, OK, this is the first time I've ever actually built a new Gowie kit. So it was new to me. And that is the fasteners all come in a separate set of bags. And these bags are actually labeled by the size of the fastener that is used regardless of where it goes in the kit. And so now what's really awesome about that is that as I go through each of the main subassembly bags, I don't have to sit there and dig through all the fasteners that I just dipped in alcohol and dried off to clean with a set of calipers to figure out, oh, is that is that a 10 millimeter or is that an 8 millimeter or where where's the M4? So it's all right there in labeled bags. You can pretty much just cut them out of their bags, stick the little label over there on the side and put the pile of fasteners by the label and you're good to go. I mean, it's smooth sailing through the build from there. The build itself goes very quickly. Uh, I've now built two of these. One was my, of course, my review heli. The other one was the airframe without components in it for the giveaway for our speed cup at the RCHN3 Funfly event. And uh, I'll tell you, the manual uh, is very well written. The graphics are good. Uh, you do have to contend with a fair amount of um, uh, Chinese characters in there with the English stuff, but it's not in such a way where you can't understand what's going on. Uh, it has all of the fastener uh, sizes called out and the part numbers so you can reference it to the parts list in the back. So I'd say... I'd say compared to a lot of the other kits that I've done, the manual is definitely above average. If you don't, if you can't understand it with the graphic, then you're probably not looking at it hard enough. Okay, so walking through some of the key features of the build here, um, this heli is is actually remarkably small without its fuselage on. The airframe itself uh, is super narrow. Uh, we're at, I believe, a total airframe width of about 40 millimeters, I want to say, mm -hmm. something in that range. Uh, it's, it's all built around a central bearing block and transmission system. So there are a couple of bearing blocks that stack up on top of each other. Inside those bearing blocks, it contains the transmission, the gears, and then, of course, the servos mount directly to the top of the bearing block. So it's all integrated. Um, it is 
It is a small 550 to 600 class airframe, but it's designed to handle 700 class components. So it takes full-size standard servos, not minis, as you might expect out of a smaller heli. Uh, It is uh, capable of operating with a full 45 millimeter, you know, diameter motor with a stator height up to 40 or 45 millimeters. I ended up putting in an Exnova 4530-600 in it well that's what i've got in it now i started off with the 525 but and it takes that without any problem at all uh the frame build itself goes together really quick uh i'd say uh, probably can get the frame up to the point where it looks like a helicopter in right about an hour oh nice hour hour and a half no no real issues in terms of getting it built. There's no no uh, stuff that's challenging or tricky to do. Um, one of the things that I think is uh, of note is the belt tensioner. So, you know, we've all seen belt tensioners, and they use springs or, you know, rubber bands or something like that. This actually is a pretty cool little deal where it has a latch, and you'll have to look at it in the photo, so bear with my verbal description. But it has sort of a, a latch arm that you can use your finger to depress or pull out on. And then uh, the way they add the spring to it is they have a little plate of spring steel that's sort of wrapped in sort of a J shape. And so that spring steel is super thick and very springy. Um, and it's so thick and strong that it's not like some of the thinner springs that you might see in other tensioners where over time the spring wears out and it doesn't tension the belt as well as Mm -hmm. it did when it was new. Uh, This belt tensioner is going to be the last thing on the heli that you have to replace. Trust me on that one. Nice. It's got a really cool battery rail system. It comes with one uh, carbon fiber uh, battery tray, slides into the airframe, And then there's a little lock in the front so you can hear a positive click when you shove the battery in there, which is is really nice. Uh, Battery size, let's talk about that for a second. It's a small airframe, so you can't fit just anything in there. It's designed for uh, running on 12S, although there have been people that have been messing with 14S. And the maximum dimensions for the battery is uh, 46 by 48 in cross-section, and then a total length of about 340 millimeters. So when you look around at all the major brands, Genzays and OptiPower, Pulse, those types of things, you're going to find that the 6S packs that are in the range of about 2,500 to 3,500 milliamp hours is what you want to look for. Uh, Those, most of them have the dimensions necessary to fit inside this airframe. Uh, I I myself went with the OptiPower 2700 6Ss, uh, and I believe those are 30Cs. Uh, oh, let's see. Uh, additional stuff here. Uh, motor mount uh, slides back and forth for adjustment of the tension on the motor belt, so not surprising there. Uh, it also comes with a counter-bearing support for the motor shaft. Now, a little point of, of interest here. 
the motor shaft length is somewhat critical. You need something that's in the range of 38 to 42 millimeters long. If it's much more than 42, then it's going to start poking out beyond the, the bottom of the counter bearing, and you can risk running into the battery. Oh. So that's not something that you want to deal with there. Uh, and then, of course, if it's shorter than about 38, you're not even going to get into the counter bearing. The, the underbelly of this heli is kind of interesting. Um, when, when you don't have the fuselage on it, uh, it kind of looks like a guppy or a whale. It has these couple of carbon fiber pieces that sort of drop down about five or six inches below the mainframe bearing blocks, and they bulge out in sort of an oval shape. And what that's for is to make space for the batteries to slide in underneath. But the cool part is at the bottom of the little belly is another bearing block. And this is where Nick's favorite feature comes in. And that's the retracts. Ah, uh, yes. The, those tiny little, that, that tiny little retract landing gear. There aren't multiple of them. It's a single one. And what the retracts are is it's basically a solid, I believe it's like a solid fiberglass piece, and it is shaped to match the contour of the underside of the fuselage. So the idea is that you have the, the retracts extended so that they swing out 90 degrees to the lengthwise portion of the fuselage when you're landing and taking off and sitting on the bench. But to minimize the drag of the landing gear while you're speed flying, which is a problem with all of the models out here. You usually see wire gear or something like that. Instead, what Gowie did is they made a retract system that uses a little micro servo that once you program it into your radio, you flip your switch or you press your button and that servo rotates that little retract piece 90 degrees in line with the fuselage. So when you look at it now, it looks like there's no landing gear anywhere, and it's just a smooth, clean profile, which is just awesome. Uh, the the retract the retract mechanism itself is sort of a uh, it's not dissimilar from what you'd see on a plank uh, or something similar for not heavy duty but light duty retracts, little micro servo. Uh, direct linkage uh, to a swing arm that then attaches or clamps to the shaft on the retract and then runs through the bearing block. Um, the servo comes with the kit, by the way, which is really cool. And it even comes yeah. down with a step-down regulator. I didn't know because, that. Yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's a micro servo, and it's a simple little servo. It's nothing crazy. You could replace it if you really wanted to. Mine's been working perfectly fine. But... It's a, a five or a six volt servo. So they even give you a little uh, step down regulator in line that you plug into the servo port and then, you know, run that over to your servo. The head and the swash plate um, are also an interesting bit of engineering. The head, for those of you who are familiar, it's actually a Gowie X5 head, but with a shorter center head block. Okay, uh, and that is to reduce the overall drag due to the head. 
it has the standard Gowie uh, swivel uh, spindle shaft approach. And then the swash plate is, is really cool. It is a huge swash plate for a 550 class heli. The swash plate has balls that are captured within the main plate. And what's nice about that is they sink down into the main plate and then snap into place. The links do. And so the inner swash actually doesn't have balls that are exposed to the outside, which means if they were ever to slip off, they can't just pop right off and slide out of the swash plate. Oh, okay. I got you. Yeah. It's, it's a pretty cool little feature. Okay, so moving on down the heli, uh, more innovations remain, and that is on the tail case, and in particular, the fin. The tail case is a nice CNC uh, machine tail case, very similar to the standard Gowie aluminum CNC tail cases that you've seen before. Uh, standard over-under slider for the pitch slider, which is really nice, solid plastic uh, interface there. And then the fin. Now, the fin is something we've talked about before, and we've seen it in other models, but I think this is the first time that someone's brought it out in a production model. One of the main problems with speed helis, as we've discussed, is we don't want to waste power on the tail rotor. So what does that mean? We go to the smallest tail blades possible. We drop our tail gain to the point where most of the tail holding is accomplished by weather veining at high speed. Well, what Gowie did is they gave us a relatively large area carbon fiber fin that uh, sits on a swivel with a lock nut. And you can basically adjust the angle of the tail fin such that in forward flight and at sufficient speed, it provides a thrust that acts in the direction of the counter torque. So it it actually stabilizes the heli against the torque of the main rotor so that your tail doesn't have to do as much work. I'm I'm blown away that we haven't seen this yet. Yeah, and you're right, Nick. It's it's pretty straightforward, right? Now, if you look at some of the newer stuff, the SAB Goblin Speed Competition has a contoured asymmetric airfoil in its tail. So does Jan's Henselet TDS. So it's coming soon, but the implementation that Gowie used is so simple and so robust. It's not an airfoil. It's a flat plate, and it works just the same. And so you can actually see uh, when you when you go and actually fly, you can tell the difference. You can play with your gains versus angle on the tail, and you will notice that as you angle the tail further for a given head speed and, and tail speed, that you can reduce your tail gain even more. And I won't go into all the details and the and the study that I did on that, but it will be mentioned in the written review. Okay, that's interesting. Interesting yeah. indeed. It is really cool. All right, so we're almost done here going over the the airframe itself. The next obvious bit is the fuselage and the canopy. 
the design of this thing is pretty darn awesome. They did an amazing job coming up with a shape that fits the narrow frames, um, has really great visibility in the sky, and they've built it out of a combination of fiberglass and carbon fiber, just like a standard canopy, except they've added carbon fiber in certain places, especially down by the retracts, uh, to add some strength to it. Uh, it's not overly thick, but it does add some weight to the heli. The The other nice thing is that they don't give you a model that requires additional weight in the nose to get the CG set correctly. What a novel concept. <laughs> <laughs> so despite nice. having this big, beefy-ass fuselage hanging on it, you can actually, with standard components and... Uh, adjustment of your batteries on the tray get the thing to cg nose down which we know is optimal for speed so that was that was a really welcome feature for me because as you know i've often lamented having to glue 200 grams of lead into my diablo speed and so that that uh that takes me to how easy is it? This is the question I keep getting from people. How easy is it to put on and remove the fuselage? Because you're going to have to do it a couple of times to get stuff set up. Uh, certainly the first time on the bench. And then if you ever want to change stuff, it's it's a consideration you got to make. If you've never messed with a full fuselage before, it's going to be a little bit of a challenge, especially with how you have to negotiate the tail. The, ta the entire tail case has to be removed each time to remove the back portion of the fuselage. So, uh, you know, I think if you're not used to it, you can probably get it done in 10 or 15 minutes. Once you've done it a couple of times, it's a few minute thing on and off. No big deal. So don't worry too much about that. Okay. In terms of uh, getting it put together so that it's ready to fly, uh, they've come up with a really cool combination of magnets and metal posts that sit on both the front canopy and the back fuselage. So when you bring the two together to form the full closed out body, there are two metal pins down towards the bottom front of the back fuselage. And next to those are two high strength magnets. Uh, that sit on rails inside the front canopy and then inside the rear fuselage. And then, again, another set of uh, pins and rails with magnets up above. And then on the back, uh, where it wraps around the head, there are a set of high-strength magnets uh, that finally hold everything together. Now, uh, this is... It, it does get easier and easier to put on and take off once you get used to how to find where the pins are and get them all located. What I will say is uh, that the original implementation is a little challenged because as you guys have heard before, uh, if you don't get the magnet seated correctly uh, or if you don't tape down the back such that it doesn't have an ability to pop up, then especially if you get a pitch up during flight, the canopy can pop up and uh, and hit the bottoms of the tail or the main grips. Now, uh, I've not heard of any situation in which the canopy's ever gotten sucked into the main rotor. 
Um, and if you look at how close the main grips are to the canopy, it's within like three millimeters of the canopy. So you don't have a lot of margin. Gotcha. So that that's something that I would say, um, you know, nothing's perfect, right? This is Gowie's first speed heli. They did, however, fix it very rapidly. All of the new kits, remember, I got a first run kit. All the new kits, uh, in addition to having better mounting and uh, bonding of the magnets and the pins into the canopy, they also have a set of PEM nuts on the back top of the fuselage that match up with two screws on the back of the canopy where it wraps around. So once you got all the magnets seated correctly, you basically just screw down two M2s into these PEM nuts. It's locked down. You don't need to use tape. It's ready to go. So really, you know, applause to Gowie for recognizing the challenge, the issue, and getting it fixed quickly. Nice, man. All right. Are we ready to talk setup? Yeah. Because oh, there's, yeah. there's my setup. And then there's the setup that most other people will use. And I don't mean that to to be derogatory towards the other people, but I have gotten no shortage of shit from people when I announced that. As you should. Yeah. When I announced that I am using a Cosmic 200 because that was the only ESC that I had laying around. (laughs) Wish you could say that, huh, Nick? Uh, You know what? No, I don't. Unless no, it, no, unless it was a, like a pre six month ago cosmic. Ooh, fair point. Yeah, how's that for a dig? Mine, <laughs> mine was a pre six month ago cosmic. That's why it's still working. <laughs> yep. All right. So, so for setup, as we just discussed, I put a cosmic two hundred in there. Not a cool, just a normal one. So I didn't go all out. And I started with an Xnova XTS series 4530-525 motor, uh, which fits perfectly fine, like I said. Um, I am running a Bavarian Demon 3X flybarless system. Uh, of course, my, my Jetty radio stuff. The OptiPower uh, 2700 30Cs in 6S fits in there perfectly fine little, little small on a capacity side but uh they fit in there with no issues and they're they don't add a significant amount of weight to the to the setup on servos i'm running the mks hbl 665 brushless on cyclic and the 669 brushless on tail uh and then let's see here for telemetry I have a J-Log to get all the cosmic data into my jetty radio in real time. And then, of course, I'm running my Powerbox Systems GPS, too, so that I can get actual speed measurements for you guys. So uh, that is my setup, because that's what I had lying around. What kind of a setup could we get away with if we didn't want to spend that much money and i'll tell you this is where this model shines because it does not need that kind of equipment Uh, depending on how serious you are and how hard you want to fly this thing you can get away with and now this is justin's view of the world gowie will tell you differently you can get away with a 120 amp esc 
okay, Castle 120 HV. They recommend in the manual formally that you should go for a 160. And in the grand scheme of things, I think that's probably a reasonable recommendation because you, if, especially if you're learning, you're going to get current spikes until you figure it all out. But I can tell you, as we're going to get into here soon, that when you have good, clean runs, the max that I've been seeing is in the 130 to 150 amp range, and those are spikes. Those are less than a second in duration. Uh, a, I would have absolutely no worries about putting a Castle 120 HV on there, maybe with a cap pack, and running 150 amp peaks through it. Not a problem whatsoever. So that's that's good news for the ESC. So you, you can go with a Castle. You could go with a Heli Jive. Let's see what else is out there. Um, not sure I'd put a Hobby Wing 100 HV. Sorry. Uh, that's a little little bit too small. But the YGE 120HV or 160 is also probably uh, pretty good. Um, Motor-wise, you can get away with anything from a 4000 series, a 40mm stator uh, for lower power, all the way up to a 45, 30, and above. Um, I, I've seen a lot of people who are, are putting together sort of a more mild setup that are trying out the Scorpion 4525, 520. Mm -hmm. That, in my opinion, is a kick-ass motor for this. A little bit lighter weight, right? Still a lot of power on the peak end. Uh, and as you know, the original 40, uh, 4525 isn't really a 520. It's more like a 535 or a 540, which gets you a little bit more head speed for the same gearing. So that's nice. Um. Batteries, pick and choose whatever fits, whatever you want to afford. Servos, same thing. Yes, it takes standard servos. Yes, it's a speed heli. No, it's not going to be subject to the kind of loads that a 700 is. Uh, so uh, you do not have to go and get three or 400 inch ounce uh, torque servos. It's just not necessary. Anywhere in the range of, I'd say... Uh, 180, 150 maybe inch ounces up to 250 is perfectly fine, which means the old school uh, BLS 451s would probably do you perfectly good. Nice. Uh, mm. I think on the rest of the setup, guys, it really is just then a matter of preference and and what you like to fly or are already set up to fly. Uh, but But that's a general idea on the power system. All right, so flight performance. This is the one that uh, I'm sure everyone really wants to hear about. So what I'm going to do on this is I want to talk first briefly about the flight performance with the stock kit and then uh, flight performance on some of the modifications that I made to mine and that you can choose to adopt or not. It's completely up to you. Uh, so when we when we talked earlier, I mentioned that the stock kit comes with blades, comes with Halo 580s and Halo 80 millimeter tails. And so, you know, when you first pull the blades out of the package, there's one thing that's readily apparent if you've ever seen anything having to do with speed. These don't look like speed blades they look like a standard 550 class 3d blade no tip sweeping or any crazy um airfoil changes or anything like that uh that said 
uh, they work really good up to a certain point on this model. Now, they're a little bit lighter. They come in at about 130, 135 grams per blade. And so as a result, what I found, and this has been confirmed by a number of other people who have flown it, I think even Gowie now has it up on their website, that for the stock blades, you want to limit your setup for flying to about 14 to 15 degrees of collective at a maximum head speed of about 26 to 2,800. Um, if you stay in that range, you're going to find that the stock blades, once you've got your fly barless system tuned and your CG correct, uh, and you, and you uh, uh, are able to fly, do the actual speed runs, it's, it's a nice, stable, predictable, well-tracking model. Um, where the challenge comes in is when we try to push these blades to higher head speeds and in particular higher pitch. That's really the key is the higher pitch. Uh, we run into uh, stability issues of the airflow on the retreating blade. And we've talked a lot about retreating blade stall, uh, but without getting into too much technical detail, uh, that is what causes the dreaded pitch up. Uh, and I had plenty of pitch-ups while I was learning how to get this thing tuned out. Uh, so, yeah, stick to stick to 14 or 15 degrees, 26 to 2,800 RPM. If you haven't done speed flying before, that, that rate there is going to make you pucker. Oh, yeah. Just a little bit. And you can get moving really quick at that setup. So uh, the speeds that I was seeing once I got it tuned in, uh, at 14 degrees, I was running 14 degrees and about 2750 to 2800. And I was seeing speeds between uh, 205 and 225 kph, which in miles per hour is about 125 to 140. And those are average values. Those aren't peaks. Uh, in fact, if you guys recall, I competed with this guy at Urcha Speed Cup and won first place in Mini Unlimited B. Uh, and that average speed was 133 or 134 miles per hour, which rate about 230 kph. So very respectable. When when a heli's moving past you at 125 to 135 miles an hour, you got to be on your A game. I mean, Nick, you you felt about what 115 on your Goblin yep. 500, and you were hooting and hollering like a schoolgirl. Yes, it was. I was giddy. I mean, it, it felt like I was just hauling ass. Yeah. So with this stock setup, man, you can take it. Just think about that. You can get to between 10 and 30 miles an hour faster than what your heli was traveling. Stock out of the box. Love it. With confidence that it will behave stably. I like that. Mine was not so stably at that time. Right. Yeah, you had a lot of pitching tendencies. <laughs> and, I mean, in fairness, you you had flown it, what, twice before in that configuration? <laughs> yeah, two test flights. Perfect. So, you know, there's probably a little bit a little bit of improvement to be had Two there, test but flights, still, full throttle duck. Yeah. It no. was enough to get a feel for what 115 yes. feels like. And it's fast as hell. Yes, it is. Okay, so let's talk electrical parameters on that stock setup. Uh, with 14, 15 degrees of pitch at 26 to 2,800, 
and cleanly executed speed runs, uh, you're going to see currents that range between about 80 and 100 amps continuous, okay? Uh, when I say clean, we've talked about this many times before, the two uh, biggest challenges to people who fly speed, whether you're a beginner or not, is uh, is basically collective cyclic management. I'll call it that because it really is a combination um, of managing collective and cyclic simultaneously either in the entry to the run, i.e., you want to get to as close to full collective as possible when uh, when you enter the run, but you, of course, have uh, cyclic input because you're pulling back elevator, uh, so that can cause a peak, or even more commonly on the back end when you're exiting that run, you, you just held that nice clean line, you're locked in, you're just having a ball, and you're like, oh, shit, I got to pull up, right? Hmm. Well feather collective out first because if you don't you're going to take that 15 degrees of collective and add to it about seven or eight degrees of elevator and you're going to get yourself some bogging and that's where you see the big currents um i did go out of my way to be stupid with it on those kinds of maneuvers just to be sloppy and see what i would get and on these setups that's where i got to the 130 to 150 amp peak uh, so still very manageable with a 120. If you're running a 160 amp speed controller, I wouldn't even worry about it. it it's going to come down cold. Okay, so that's that's sort of the stock setup. The next step is then where do we go from here? Well, first and foremost, we go to different blades. Now, I think Gowie is going to be working on some more speed-specific blades in the 580 size. Uh, no word yet on uh, when we're going to see those, but I've heard talk of it, so stay tuned. Nonetheless, uh, right now, Bodos has a really awesome set of blades that work with this heli, and that is the 606 Rails. Tip designs great for speed. As we know, uh, the rails have sort of that tapered tip, and that is uh, one of the features of a speed blade that really helps to prevent that kind of pitchy tendency. So rail 606s, uh, another good one that doesn't have a swept tip but is heavier and more stable is the Radix Flybarless V2 600 millimeters. so good old Curtis blades. And then uh, another set that I tried and are, are currently continuing to test are the Dominic Hagel 611s, so the DH 611s. Um, of course, we're gaining a little length over the 580 stock blades by going to these, so that's going to give us a little bit more potential for, uh, for speed. Uh, but what you got to do is you got to drop the tail blade size because with 80s, they come too close for my comfort. To the tail blades running a 600 a 600 class blade so i went to halo 72 millimeters and they're working perfectly fine for reference 70 to 72 i believe is what we fly on the stock goblin 380 so we're talking tiny ass little tail blades on this thing so that upgrade alone is going to get you, get, depending on your gearing, the ability to go to higher head speed stably 
and higher pitch. So 15, 16, 17 degrees of pitch if you so choose. Um, however, what I also did was upgraded my motor from a 525 kV to a 600 kV 4530 so that now I'm able to get up into the 3,000 to 32 or 3,300 RPM range. And that's where this thing really starts to show its true colors. You know, a lot of people saw this and said, oh, they made a 550 speed heli. Okay, well, that's not interesting because it's not going to go fast. I'll tell you what, guys, we have not seen the full potential of this model yet because at... 15 to 16 degrees of pitch and 3,100 RPM on both the rail 606s and the Dominic Hagels. <laughs> I am seeing consistent average speeds between 230 and 260 kph, which is 140 to 160 miles an hour. Wow. Holy smokes. That is open class 700 territory so all the doubters and the haters out there take note uh if you've got the balls to go that fast and go up to that head speed then this model will get it done and i fully believe that if uh, someone comes up with even a higher kv motor or for example if gowie gets us a 23 tooth pinion uh, we could get even faster than that. But at what point, I mean, at what point is the head not going to be able to take it? Because that's like when you say, okay. That's a good question. If you have the balls to do it, I feel like you're going to find out what it won't take. But it's uh, this is this is not like, a, oh, I tried, but it just won't do it. No, this is going to be a potentially catastrophic complete recit of every piece in the model oh yeah it doesn't it's not a crash it's just it is to a find disintegration out, ah 100 rpm too much okay so <laughs> very Back good it down point. a little uh you know part of speed is there is a sort of an at your own risk component to it mm-hmm. um Oftentimes, people are running these models in excess of what the manufacturer has recommended. Doesn't mean that there are negative margins structurally. It just means that you're up in that sort of uh, caution zone, right? So I can confirm that my friend uh, Chen Seng uh, from Taiwan has is running his Gowie R5 on 14S at 3500 rpm and has been now for quite some time he actually competed with it in the uh 3dx china speed cup a couple of weeks back i think he's got probably 30 or 40 flights on it at that head speed and things seem to be going fine no issues with bearings shafts fasteners none of that Hmm. so 3500 I don't know. I've only gotten up to about 32 so far. Uh, I'm liking it at 32. It feels great. I don't think I'm going to be able to get much further than that without eating into governor headroom. And so my next step is either Gowie comes out with a 23 tooth pinion or I, uh, I run 14 cell. And, but 
the the point is this thing has mad capability. It really does. It is incredibly stable and tolerant to perturbations at that speed. In fact, so much so that I had to go back and do some back-to-back flights on my Diablo speed, and it caused me to retune, only slightly, but retune my Diablo speed to get the same level of stability as I felt like I was getting out of the out of the R5 when it was tracking in a clean run. You know so, what I like? And th- this that? is like from from someone in in my shoes, this is what I think the coolest thing is. I think there are some people out there who would potentially like to get into speed, right? But Yep. In the past, it's just been, okay, I'm going to have to do some stuff to one of my existing 700s, right? Or I'm going to be staring at, or and, I'm going to be staring at a $1,500 power system. I mean, period. End of story. Even if I want to go be super competitive with my Goblin 700 competition, 1500 bucks. I mean, period. And, and that's, I don't even have another helicopter. That's the same helicopter that I got. What I really like about this is that I, and I feel that other people, guess what? I have a box standard 700 power system lying around. I've got a Castle 120. I've got a 4525. I yep. can slap it in this, and it's crazy powerful. Like, I, I can be at the top end of the wow range with my average guy components. <laughs> yes, dude, absolutely and true. That that makes me feel like like I could actually be a competitive, not like, okay, yeah, I'm in a mod. I got to buy a really big power system first. Then I'll put it in this model. Then I'll take my existing 700. I'll, I'll fly it fast and it'll be fun, but it's not going to go like crazy fast. But then it's like, okay, do I really want to commit to spending another 1500 or 2,500 bucks to get into it with this? Yeah. I can take like, okay, how many people, and I'm serious, ask yourself, turn around, look it on your wall. How many people, and I'm not just picking on a line, but I'm just saying, how many people can turn around and say, oh, that old 700, I haven't flown that thing in a long time, but it's just sitting there on the wall. Why? Well, because I have my my new Synergy over here. I've got my new Goblin over here, my new whatever. That I, That's my normal yeah. flying heli. Now, I never got around to selling that one. I don't know if I want to sell it, but that that basic power system that came factory in your three-year-old or two-year-old T-Rex 700 700 would absolutely kick ass in this model. And that is what I love because I think that at first when, when Gowie announced this, I was like, what are you doing? I think all of us were, because like, I certainly was, dude. I was like, what the hell? Why in the world would you make a, what, what even size is this? And why would you make that? This makes no sense to me. It's not fast enough to compete 
and be like, you know, fastest in the world or go compete in Urcha and with the big boys in the big class. So I really didn't understand it. And it wasn't until, and I don't think I even really understood it until you started looking at the amp draws on stuff and the, and the power. And then I'm like, whoa, wait, wait, what? No, you're telling me I can put a castle 120 in this and actually like not be pushing it. You know, I, I don't feel worried about that. Right. And and that, to me, is where it hit. And I was like, wow, they really nailed the size thing down on this. I'm not kidding, guys. I had my little 500 do it 115. It was badass. It was so much fun. I can only imagine getting up into that range with affordable components. I mean... Yeah, I don't know. And that's really where it becomes a winner for this. I mean, it can be, like you said, uh, it can be a stepping stone, right? It can be a gateway where you you do it on this and then you eventually work your way up to a bigger heli. And maybe people will do that if they really catch catch the bug. But it can just as easily be your first and only speed heli. And if you're not interested in pushing the limits or getting crazy... It will satisfy you from here on out with all of your speed needs. Yeah. Because if with a couple of component upgrades, you can get seriously into the 140s to 160s mile per hour range, not only is it going to be a blast for you and a huge adrenaline rush, you will be the talk of your local field because everyone loves watching that. And you can truly be competitive in the grassroots speed competitions as they begin to pop up. Hell, you will be competitive in the bigger competitions like Urcha and OHB if you can put up those kinds of numbers. I almost feel like if if someone's going to do little speed practice runs, I mean, just, okay, 150 miles an hour. <laughs> what was the fastest run that we had at our fun fly? Uh, that wasn't one- by you. I think it was like 120-something, wasn't it? Je- Jesse, help me with this. Yeah, I, I, think I, I think it was in the the low 120s. Yeah, mid to low 120s. You were certainly close to the fastest. <laughs> my poor little Goblin 500. But my point is that this was our fun flight. This was a grassroots speed for fun. You could take your existing stuff, put it in this, and blow the yeah. doors off of everyone. Dominate. With with room for error. Yep. You are absolutely correct. So if you I kind of feel like for the guy that's competitive and maybe you're saying, you know, man, I'm I'm I I like flying three D, it's front, but I, I got nothing on these kids and that's kind of frustrating me. I've been trying to learn para flips for you know for two years and they're just they're not getting it and you're needing to try something uh to get you know kind of a confidence booster back up that's fun and exciting you know maybe you're just a good old-fashioned go fast kind of guy some people just love fast shit right if it's cars if it's motorcycles or whatever this can really, it can really itch that need, in my opinion. 
Um, and you know what else, Nick? I've talked to a couple of people that, and I didn't even think about this, but I've talked to a couple of people who have said, you know what? I'm not really into the speed thing, but damn it, this thing looks cool. It's unique. I can't 3D, but I will big air the shit out of that heli. Oh, yeah. And I've got a couple of buddies that I've been talking to online that are out there doing big ass power loops and just smooth, clean, straight as an arrow axial rolls across the field. I mean, that's really cool. If you do bring sort of the more uh, aerobatic flavor into it. Now, again, you're not going to it's not going to be a smack heli. I wouldn't want to TikTok this. No, no. But but there is more to it that you can do if you get bored or if you don't want to do just the left to right, right to left, left to right, right to left. So consider that. I, I mean, that that was an eye opener to me because I hadn't even considered what else could be done with it. Cool. Yeah. So. Okay, so I, I, I'm going to start winding down here. The one thing I do want to talk about is, uh, and it is part of flight performance, and that is the the retracks, the landing gear. A lot of people have texted or emailed me saying, are you sure those are okay? I'm scared to death. Uh, guys, they are they are small. They are very small. They are wobbly. Uh, but they're not as bad as you think, okay? They're not as bad as they look. What the key is to taking off and landing with this thing is you need to make sure that you do a little bit of pre-planning. Now, I, I fly at a field where it's basically just an open grass farm field, and it's not smooth and clean, right? There are weeds and bumps and stuff like that. I end up having to go out and, you know, kind of putz around for a minute or two to find a spot that looks like it's sufficiently flat. Okay, set the heli down. Yep, it looks like it's stable. Okay, good to go. Or what you could do is you could put down a wooden board. I've done that as well. No big deal. Um, uh, once you take off, you flip your little retract switch. They go away. Go do your speed flying. No big deal. When you bring it back down to land, obviously bring the retracts back out and land it just like you would normally land a helicopter. Most people do a mini little auto, right? Auto it down, bleed off some head speed, and then set her down. Now, I've seen a disproportionate number of people on this model prefer to land it under power. And I, I think that's because they feel like they have a safety net that in the event that they think it's going to tip, they can just pop the collective and get it back off the ground. Uh, but I've also seen that go wrong when someone tried to land it under power uh, and got a little bit of wobbly and popped the collective and it tipped to one side and got pretty torn up. So my recommendation is you land in throttle hold. It's going to take some getting used to, uh, but it's not the end of the world. Gowie has said that they're working on modifications to the landing gear to make it better. I don't know what that means. I can't envision how they're going to do it without making a major change. Uh, if, I, if I had one negative 
to give to the model, it would be the stability of the landing gear. Plain could and they simple. just could it could it just be like tightened up? Yeah, and I I've got to believe that's what they're working towards, Nick. I don't know. Um, again, you know, you there is adjustability in the tension because the the push rod that is used has a brass collar that slides along the rod and is basically bound by two pieces of heavy-duty black fuel tubing Mm -hmm. and then locking collars. And so you can basically adjust the tension provided to the brass sleeve with those two pieces of fuel tubing, and that increases or decreases uh, how tight the gear is when it's in a, a locked position. So I've just tightened mine up, and it's perfectly fine. It doesn't rotate on me. It's not a big deal. No, but I mean, like, hmm. you know, not not rotation-wise, but does it have a little bit of slop, like if the heli's... Because I, I remember, I swear, that when you set yours even on a table, it would kind of... You could rock it back and forth off the, like you off can. the center you of can. gravity. I mean, you can. It doesn't, if you've, if you've built it correctly... Uh, then it will not rock in any appreciable manner. Uh, the biggest problem I see people making is the way that that uh, retract is mounted is it's got a big 10-millimeter hollow aluminum shaft that slides up through the bottom of the fuselage into a bearing. And then the shaft pops out of the bearing, and there's a, a pinch collar, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of like a fan hub on a nitro that pinches around that shaft, that attaches it to the servo. If you don't tighten that pinch collar down well enough, or you've got a little bit of lube on there from the bearing, then it will slowly start to slip up on the shaft. And then that gives the shaft vertical play. And when you get that, you can get a little bit of rocking. But if it's tightened down in there and it has the little brass shim that they give you, then it should be pretty darn tight. Okay. Yeah, so, you know, it's it's something to think about. It is by no means a feature that I think is a deal breaker. And frankly, if you're serious about getting into speed, you're going to have to learn how to land on less than ideal skids anyway, because all of the models are like that. 67 speed flights on this model is what I have logged thus far. Uh, encompassing a total of 402 speed runs with an average flight time of about two and a quarter to two and a half minutes. And that means that this Gowie R5 has traveled over a total distance exceeding 75 miles. Wow. Since we started this review. And burned over a quarter of a million milliamp hours of battery capacity. (laughs) So there are some some stats for you. Uh, I've really enjoyed this a lot, guys. It it has exceeded my expectations, not just as a speed model, but as a first speed model from a mainstream brand. It, It has exceeded my expectations in every way possible, uh, yes, like anything, there are pros and cons. Uh, the, the cons are obviously that it is um, a much more speed-specific model. 
Um, and so, yeah, you can get it for speed. And if you don't like it, you might be able to do a little bit more. It's never going to be a hardcore 3D machine, though. That's not what it's designed for. Um, the landing gear take a little bit of getting used to. Uh, but all the other challenges like the canopy challenges that we discussed, Gowie has already addressed that. Uh, while the blades um, for hardcore use can be improved, there are other options available and the stock setup is killer for anyone that's even remotely uh, new to this because it's going to give them pucker factor anyway. Uh, this kit comes in at a retail price of $1,079. So on par with maybe some of the more expensive 700 class models, electrics mainly. But, you know, Nick, I think you nailed it. The key here is that it is very flexible in terms of performance capabilities with a 700 class power system. And so you do not need to feel like you've got to drop $1,500 worth of motor and speed controller into this to make it work. You can get by on a very modest setup until you've gotten to the point where you're much more comfortable and skilled at speed flying. And then instead of going and spending your money on an entirely new model, just upgrade some of the components. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet, man. Yeah. Awesome. So um, thanks again to Gowie and Howard Tan for the opportunity. I've had a blast. Uh, it will definitely be a permanent fixture in my fleet. Uh, if there are people out there listening that are interested in more details, then check out my written review, which will be posted uh, soon after, if not uh, uh, alongside the release of this show. Um, also, I have done a build video, or not a build video, I'm sorry, an opening of the box video that I posted about a month ago. And then I did sort of a little teaser flying performance video so you can get a feel for what it looks and sounds like in the air. Uh, I'll provide links to those in the written review as well. So it's all in one place. Uh, and as always, if you got questions, feel free to get in contact with me, email, Facebook, HeliFreak, uh, and, and we'll, uh, we'll take it from there. Awesome. I've finally gotten around to bringing my charging setup into the world of current technology, and wow, what can I say? From the powerful and feature-rich Dual Power Lab 8 charger, to Progressive's unique and infinitely adaptable modular parallel balance board systems, I now feel like I can charge my entire fleet of packs from just two ports and a few charge leads. So why mess around with that old and busted charger or its accessories? Follow my lead. Head over to ProgressiveRC.com and have a look at the multitude of chargers, power supplies, accessories, turnkey charging systems, and even batteries. If you're not sure what to buy or have a question about how to design your custom system, then go ahead and give the PRC team a call at 443-BATTERY and they'll get you squared away in no time. Thank you, Justin. Call the PRC team at 443-228-8379. ProgressiveRC.com, bringing charging power to a heli near you. Now, yeah. I wanted to mention this. I'm going to give you guys a little bit of a teaser. 
uh, kind of a uh, little bit of a spinoff um, from the Gowie R5 review. Next week, we are going to start on a two-part series of speed flying. Uh, first part, we're going to talk about uh, maybe just trying what you got, making the most out of what you have, some small modifications that you do, maybe what blades we should try, just how to get started. For those of you who were not at our fun fly, Justin put on a great little quick crash course on tuning, things to look for. He, all, he has also done um, a great tech tip on getting into speed flying, um, but you know, hey, reading, and if you weren't at the fun flies, one thing. So we're going to dive into a little bit there, and then the following episode, we're going to get a lot more hardcore. Uh, maybe even get in all the way up into the competitive side of it, and that sort of a thing. It's not going to encompass the whole episode, so if you're not into speed, don't just write off the next two episodes. But just kind of wanted to give you a little bit of teaser. This has really been such a growing thing in the hobby that as much crap as we pitch Justin, we want to make sure and give it due credit and due airtime as well. Woot, woot. I get to Definitely. talk more. Yeah, hey, I'm getting excited <laughs> because, you know, it's it's getting me even more pumped for um, for the Goblin sport. 500 sport. Yeah, yeah and it, dude. It, I mean, that's the cool part. All of these things that we're talking about, the things that we're going to talk about, um, you know, next week, they're going to be applicable to every model that you have, like anything that you want to try, even down to like your little 450. If you say, you know, yeah. what, I'm, I'm going to make my 450 go as fast as I can. Well, we're going to work on some tips for that and uh, be bouncing some ideas off of each other and, you know, maybe a little more model specific stuff. But yeah, I think it's going to be, uh, it's going to be really exciting. Yeah, I I, uh, I I also think it comes at a time where uh, perhaps coincidentally or perhaps not, there have been a number of listeners who have outwardly expressed their interest in hearing more about speed. I think we actually have a thread going in our Heli Freak listeners corner of a couple of listeners that have said, hey, uh, when are you guys going to actually talk seriously about speed? Let's do it. Yeah, so here you go. The, the this cl- one's for you, Chad. Yeah, the clock has really ticked into the technical side too. And you know, we we mentioned earlier in the year that doing technical episodes in the summer is a little bit more difficult. They take a little bit of prep on our part. Obviously, we're not perfect, but we we do our best to try and give you <laughs> when we're doing it seriously the the most accurate information uh, as possible. So they take a little bit more prep on our part. Now that we're coming into winter, we actually look forward to those that style of episode because we we have a little bit more time to doing it. We're not all out there flying every weekend just like you guys. Um, so yeah, be looking for more of those as well. Also on that note, don't forget to check out the tech tips on the website. Uh, we have a pretty good database going of lots of stuff, whether it's the speed tech tip, I mean, soldering, you name it. Everything um, everything that is RC helicopters, uh, we've got a tech tip for it in there. So make sure and head over, check out those. Apparel, uh, Ken is still doing apparel. 
we still have some stuff in stock. If you are considering Christmas gifts and you have very specific sizes that you need, get over there and get your orders in now to make sure that you can get them home and to your significant other or yourself for Christmas. Definitely do that. Uh, let's see. What else? Am I missing anything? Um, no, I think I, I feel like that's about it. Oh, I do well, have. Dude, yes, I have one. Hold is, on. It, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. You go ahead. Um, I have a couple of questions piled up. We were going to try and get to them this episode, but Justin, in his long-windedness, took up the entire time. So what I'm going to do, if you have those and you want some quick answers, send them to me this week. We are for sure going to get to those next episode. We're, we're going to bang right through them. We've got a couple of them here that are like mind-blowing, very challenging questions. <laughs> so, um, yeah, if you were kind of considering on the fence, or hey, even if you have a written one, uh, maybe say, yeah, I'm just not super, super comfortable, um, you know, recording my voice or whatever, but you want to hear about it on the show, please send an email to questions at rchellynation.com, and we'll get that taken care of for you. Go ahead, Justin. Black Friday is the week that this gets released, right? Oh, yes. It is. So we better talk about we, that. Yeah, do we have any parting thoughts on that? I know Nick's parting thoughts on Black Friday. Uh, I support it. It should only be Friday. Friday. That's right. Support, support the Friday festivities. The Friday aspect of Black Friday. But but you know really quickly before we we take off, you guys planning on buying in anything? Um, you know I actually might. Ooh, yeah. I don't I don't know what. How about that? I really don't know what. No, I do take that back. I know what. I want uh, because of my recent damages that have occurred. I'm on a quest for a radio case. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want a double radio case. And I want You only it. have one radio. What? No, because I always keep on hand another radio. For situations just like this, right? Like doing the DT review. There's a 14SG out there. And I, I don't want to be limited to a single radio case. I love the double case. That's a good case, point, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I love the top loader. Ooh, oh, I'm a sucker yeah. for a top loader. Ah, uh, that is true, dude. I know that's Good the point. Holy like the old grail. school Futaba two uh, the two double radio top cases. loader. Yeah, Dan has one of those. I know, I know, <laughs> I know. So that's kind of my quest. I would also like personally. I would like to hear from you guys if you know where to get a double top loader radio case. Please send me a link. I don't at this point. If the only thing that is available in the world is a Futaba one. Then I'll get a Futaba one, and I'm gonna and call put a my sticker boys. Over it. I'm, no, I'm gonna call my boys at Ninja Raps and be like, "What's up? This is what we need to do. We need to make <laughs> the you know pimp my case. I don't care, but I would like to hear what you guys have to say. So I think you know maybe that. But Justin, I'm feeling a little spunky for Black Friday for once. <laughs> like I'm I'm feeling nice, like I dude. I might dabble. And it's not going to be anything big because I'm really holding out for that, you know, that 500 sport. Like that's, 
That's kind of my my big deal. Yeah, but you might be able to pick up some stuff for the 500 sport. Yeah, I know. Yeah, maybe. I know. Oh, like a like a GPS. That, no, speaking of that, let's quickly talk about. Uh, I've seen a couple. Now I admit I'm way not up on the all of the deals out there. I just know the ones that I get emails to, and obviously because these two companies sponsor our show, I just they're in front of my face a lot more often. I know that BK is doing one. He's got like a twenty percent off sale going on, so I might just have to pick up like some servos for the five hundred Sport. That's an option, right? Because I need to get those. Okay. Yep. 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 Uh, progressive is doing a huge Black Friday sale. I just got that email. All sorts of chargers and stuff on sale. So, who knows? They all, I mean, going going to Progressive site and saying, hmm, I'm not sure if I could spend money on anything here. <laughs> yeah, that'll be a cold day. <laughs> so, I don't know. Have there been any other ones that you guys have seen? I think uh, Heli Direct is do well. Heli Direct has been like doing the whole twelve days of Christmas Black Friday sale deal, where they've been having increasingly badass deals each day for the last several days. I wasn't going to bring that up because I figured it would just do more to infuriate you than anything. But for the listeners, <laughs> if you're sitting around on like gray or brown. Wednesday or I don't know what what the hell you call it if it's before Black Friday then go over to Heli Direct I think they've got some stuff uh Ken at Lower Heli uh, yes, is going to be doing some Black Friday stuff yes yes, uh, yes he's always got cool stuff I mean you know Ken at Lower Heli pretty much has a discount every other month or so he's 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 always finding some excuse to give you guys an opportunity to get a better price <laughs> mm-hmm. and so Black Friday is certainly no exception to that um, where else? Let's see. You know, I, I gotta believe that all of the major outlets yeah. are doing it. You know, all the standard retailers experience and I don't know whoever else is out there. Hmm. All right. Well, take my money. Take my money. Get oh. a GPS sensor for your 500 sport. Oh, dude. there you go. Yeah. You know what? I could actually use it on. Oh, dude. Yeah. This is something I really. <laughs> I need to buy like I don't know six or five or something like that current sensors from Mikado USA. Oh, okay, yeah. I have an entire fleet that need those by spring. Get all on them. them. Got to have them. Get all on of that. them. Yep. Cause it's got to be, it's all got to jive and go together with the pump charger, baby. Oh shit! So yeah, I need, I need those, and I need the battery ID systems. Oh my god, just take all my goddamn money. <laughs> oh dude, you know what? I got to bring something else up about that. You mentioned the bump charger and the battery IDs. Mad. Props to listener Alistair, who beat me to the punch on designing and coding his own NFC tag reader using an Arduino and interfaced it to his Jetty radio. Yeah, we got some we got some smart listeners, yo. 
I mean, so we we now can do battery tags. You could be cool like the rest of us. Yeah. So now, do you want one? Yes, I I always (laughs) wanted one. I just didn't (laughs) see. I told you that was all it was. Well, now that I got that, yes, of course. Well, you know, I mean, so, but, but it's not going to be one of the things I want to buy because since we're talking about Black Friday, I'm looking for some good excuses to come up with a way to buy nitro shit. Yeah, that's fair. But I also saw a screenshot of the, of like the, uh, the program running for the bump charger on a tablet. And the guys were saying like, yeah, I, you know, charge out my garage or whatever. I charge here, and it's really nice to be able to sit there with the tablet and watch everything charging and all my. You mean like from the other room? Yeah. Does it does it throw up a warning if they start on fire? That <laughs> it's like oh shit. like you're getting a phone call. Run! Like now here's the question call. though: We need to integrate a temperature sensor into that. Ah, think about that. Yeah, true, true. Yeah, like yeah. I want, I want. There you a, go. A temperature towel that you just lay over all your packs, and it's got like four or five temperature sensors in there, and that that comes through that <laughs> app. Your towel. Yeah, and it's fireproof, so you can like go in the other room and safely throw a beep beep warning. Oh my god! Run in there. Yeah, that'd be cool. Or you can just sit there like a responsible battery charger person. Yeah, I, after I said that, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to get a mail. Someone's yeah, going to tell yeah, me, yeah. email, not, not you a smart bag, thing. don't leave your batteries, no, which I don't. Generally, I don't. But I don't either. But we're, we're the thought had crossed my mind that if I could, you know, watch TV with my iPad telling me your batteries are done, that would be pretty freaking cool. Well, it's, I think it's. <laughs> Yes, it would be really cool, but I don't think it's quite there yet from a safety standpoint. Could we get there? Absolutely. Is it a step in that direction? Absolutely. Quite there yet? Nah, not quite. But anyway, Soon. all right, let's wrap this up and head on out. Jesse, one word, Black Friday. What is it? What are you buying? Go. I don't know what I'm buying, but I'm going to... I'm really hoping that it comes back strong this year because I so remember a couple of years ago, just the anticipation of waiting and spending some money. And I'm hoping that they do it justice this year. And if they do, then money will probably be spent. Sweet. Nice. I like that. All right. Open now you can go, concept. Nick. I don't know what it's yeah. going to be. Yes. Not setting yeah, limits. I don't know what it's going to be. I don't like to cage myself in. Cool. Okay, who wants to take us out? Volunteers? I will take us out. Do it. All right, everybody. Um, Let's see here. How do I want to take us out? Should I do something unique? Oh, do something kind of gay like uh, Nick's intro. Oh, Oh, that would (laughs) Well, everybody... We've come to that time of the evening when we have to say goodbye until next time. We hope that you've enjoyed listening to episode 210 as much as we've enjoyed making it. Please enjoy your week. 
and drive safely. Later. I like mine better than yours. I agree. <laughs> mine didn't sound as, no, didn't. as weird. It was. It Did was, it? It was pretty good. All right. right. Sweet. Later, guys. This has been a production of RC Heli Nation LLC and is brought to you by Soko Heli Tools, Progressive RC, Rev Electrics USA, Lower Heli, BK Servos, and Spartan Flybarless Systems. If you have any comments or questions, please feel free to send us an email. <laughs>